Welcome to Living on the List. I'm your host, Matt Duhamel. This is a brave and personal podcast about individuals and families living on the sex offense registry. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Matt Duhamel. I am with uh, Mitch and Sarah, today's guests for the show. Welcome, guys. How are you? T- uh, how are you today? Doing, Doing good. Good. Okay, so Mitch and Sarah, they have been married for uh, 12 years, and Mitch is on the sex offender registry. And Mitch, I want to start with you a little bit and kind of go back and give me a brief, you don't have to go into great detail, but just give me a brief history on how you ended up on the registry in Wisconsin. Uh, sure. Yeah, my my offense, uh, my initial offense was in Minnesota. Uh, when I was a child, I had a adult offend against me. Uh, it became a uh, not so much of a taboo, uh, kind of like, you know, kids playing doctor type of thing. Uh, so I ended up offending against my sister um, a little bit later. Uh, well, a lot of bit later when I was a teenager, uh, my sister ended up having to uh, become institutionalized for a drug issue and we, uh, she, she reported, uh, and Minnesota decided to press charges, uh, on me because I was an adult at the time. So, Mm. so it was a, it was a whole new world. And you spent some time in prison, I'm figuring, and then got out and you have been on the registry since when? Uh, 2011. 2011. So you're in Wisconsin now on the registry. Yep. Uh, Mitch and Sarah, you're married, you're dealing with, you're both dealing with the registry. And I want to talk to Sarah, how has it been for the last uh, 12 years or so with your husband being on the registry? I know that's a big loaded question, but how has it affected you? (laughs) Um, You know, it affects me in so many ways. And every time I think that I have got a handle on it and like I can't be surprised by it anymore, all of a sudden something else comes that Mitch can't do or can't say or has to change because of the registry. And I'm surprised again that it's impacting our life over 12 years later. And it's just frustrating sometimes because it feels like I'm being punished for something that I had nothing to do with just because I want to stand with him. What about... Uh, well, actually, Mitch, are you still on some kind of supervision or probation right now? Uh, no. So um, when I was charged in uh, 2011, I ended up doing 90 days in jail, uh, but it was lifetime registry. So I was I was uh, released from probation in, I think, 2016. Um, and ever since, I've just just been on the registry. Okay, so these restrictions we're talking about has nothing to do with federal or state parole or probation. This is strictly registration restrictions. Correct. Okay, at what they have determined, at least in most courts, as no punishment. Correct. Um, but that could be another podcast episode where we can talk <laughs> about all that. But, you know, let's not do that. Uh, off off air, uh, Mitch and Sarah, you were talking about something big, something huge in your life that you prefer not to do at this point because of the sex offense registry. Can you tell us what that is? Sure. Uh, so 
um, being in Minnesota, you're not on any sort of public uh, list if you're a low tier, which I, I was. Um, so life was a little bit easier. Uh, when we decided to move into uh, Wisconsin, we, we didn't know this, but uh, even low tier people uh, are on a public uh, listing uh, here in Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, we our dream was to buy a house, start a family, uh, have little ones running around. Um, and unfortunately, uh, we've come to the decision together that we don't want to have children uh, until I can figure out a way off of the list. That's huge. So your family's basically been halted because of the registry. Yeah. And, you know, I'm 33 now. We always kind of thought we didn't need to hurry because we got married young. We had so much time. And now all of a sudden, now that we're ready to start a family and we find out that it, it wouldn't be the best thing with him on the registry. Uh, you, it sounds like you do have one child. It's a cat, though. So if we do, <laughs> if we do hear some noises in the back, it is a cat, uh, and I guess that's safe to have. Uh, there's yeah. no restrictions for the cat. But no, but this is this is really serious because no children. What 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 type of if you were to have a child or children, where do you think the restrictions would be? What, what would they be? So here in Wisconsin, uh, there are not a lot of uh, laws as far as like where I can or can't go. Uh, but the ones that are on the books that are rather strict are schools. Um, in order for, let's say, to go to uh, a conference, uh, I would have to be able to notify uh, the local police station, the county police station, as well as have written approval from the principal. Um, and normally that takes, you know, a few days in order to do. Um, otherwise, other than that, like parks and whatnot are, are safe, at least uh, for me, without restrictions. Uh, but that's a big one is schools and school programs, you know, uh, sporting events, things like that, that I, I would probably end up missing out on. Wow. What about bullying for this future child? I mean, yeah, I can go to uh, to public places like that. That's not a normal issue. Um, I mean, school just, bullying for, for oh, this child, if you did have one, did you, would, would that happen, do you think? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sarah, I, you... I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, Mitch, go ahead. I, 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 I don't know. Um, that has been Sarah's uh, huge worry, and uh, I'm, I'm – blinded by the fact that uh i want to end the cycle um abuse sexual abuse has been in my family uh for a few generations and i want to be able to uh, bring a child in the world uh and show that it's it doesn't need to continue um so i'm blinded by that but i know sarah's sarah's been really worried about that uh from from other kids, from other parents, from teachers, you name it. Yeah, that is a hu huge issue for children um, with parents on the registry. It has happened. It happens a lot in different schools where children are targeted. Uh, uh, other children or even other parents find out that their parent is on the registry, and then who knows? Um, so what, Sarah, what else do you have to go through 
besides not wanting to have children because of this, as a wife, what other challenges do you face? Um, I don't know if Mitch told you, but we had to buy a second house because of the registry. This Wow. Well, that's that may be good, right? You got a second <laughs> house or... Uh, no, we had to sell one to buy a new one. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we had decided to move and we found a wonderful house. Uh, Mitch reached out and did everything that we thought was needed to do to make sure that he was legally allowed to live there because he can't live within um, certain feet of like schools, daycares. Um, I think those are the two main ones. Um, and he did everything we thought he needed. He spoke personally with the sheriff of the town we were moving to. She said everything looked really good. If she found out anything that would be an issue, she would give him a call and let him know. And we never heard from her again. So we bought a house. We moved in on a Saturday. And Monday, he went to go register at the police station, which he needs to do anytime he has a change of address. And the sheriff told us that she forgot to call him and that he was within a certain feet of a daycare and we couldn't live there. So he had to stay in a hotel until we could sell our house and buy a new one. Oh my goodness. I know this is easier said than done. And you know, you just, it's so hard to just pack up because you have jobs. I'm figuring. Um, Okay. Uh, Mitch, do you, are you employed? Has that been a challenge? Okay. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I was a co-owner uh, of a company that is a second chance company. So we actually oh, focused on individuals on the registry or you know, that have recently been. Released. Oh, nice. Okay. That's good news. Uh, well, it would be kind of hard to leave that, but have you thought about moving to a, a different state with less restrictions? Um, I have uh, quite a bit, um, but it's always been kind of a pipe dream. We have family here that we we truly do uh, adore and and love to be around, and that's 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 kind of where we're anchored. Um, so uh, I know Sarah would love to get out of the north uh, and get away from winter, uh, but and we uh, we kind of have to stick around the family. Yeah, I mean, uh, people on the registry shouldn't have to think about oh, I got to get out of here. You know, I, I got to go to this state uh, because the laws are a little easier or something. And um, that's very difficult to do financially and when you have family there. So uh, but with that, I was talking to you off air again about some Wisconsin uh, issues with the registry, something about ankle monitors. Right. Can you tell me about what's been going on there? I, uh, I don't have to worry about that, thankfully. Um, being out of state, uh, the only thing that came with me was uh, the needing to be on the registry. Uh, but one thing that uh, just recently, um, well, I guess it's not recently, within uh, the last two to three years, uh, they've been rolling out ankle monitors for individuals who have been charged with um, either a low contact or no contact uh, sex offense. Um, and they have worked well for most jurisdictions so well that they have made it for certain crimes. You have to wear one basically f- for the entire time you're on the registry. A lot of those individuals sadly are on lifetime registration, which would mean that 
they're on they have an ankle monitor for the rest of their life how oh my goodness i mean that is insane uh, having an ankle monitor for the rest of your I mean, that that's a continued sentence uh, it really is um Mitch, I know you've been excluded a lot in society. You know, I talk about that on my show and and on YouTube about, you know, social ostracism, rejection. And I'm going to get to you on on that in a sec, Mitch. But Sarah, how or if you have been rejected or kind of shunned because you are married to someone on the registry, how has that been for you? You know, thankfully, I don't see too much of it for me just because um, Mitch and I are very private. We don't tell very many people about um, him being on the registry. So by the time we've told people close to us about it, um, we've known that they won't kind of judge or ostracize. Um, But I mean, we do see it just with people that find out on their own, Um, you know, like our neighbors who found out that he's on the registry and suddenly just stopped talking to us and won't even wave to us when they see us across the driveway. So kind of distant people like that where I don't mind so much losing their community, but it still hurts. It is hard, you know, and I've had to learn, I'm on the registry, of course, and I've had to learn that it's kind of like not worth your time, that they've got another issue. They don't want to talk to me. That's fine. Or they don't want to talk to you. Good riddance, I guess. That's kind of how I've had to deal with it. Is that been kind of your reaction? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, it's funny. I take things very personally for myself, but when it comes to Mitch, I'm just so fiercely protective that if they were just rejecting me, I would probably be in a puddle on the ground but when it comes to somebody rejecting him who they don't know his story, it just more gets like the wife bear coming out of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like people assume that they know the story and, and you're like, no, wait, you don't know Mitch. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know the story. Um, Mitch. So uh, I'm sure you've been feeling that social ostracism throughout the year since 2011. Can you give me some of the more, intense uh, situations that you've seen? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I've any. been, yeah, I've been pretty lucky. Uh, the majority of my time in the registry, I've tried to spend, uh, well, like Sarah said, very secluded. <laughs> we, uh, we love each other and our noisy cat and we kind of <laughs> stick to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, like, for instance, the company that I run, uh, we've had people find out I'm on the registry. And even though we deal with folks who are uh, either in prison or outside of prisons, you know, some people have their, their own uh, hatred uh, towards anyone on the registry. So I've had people quit. Uh, I had one gentleman that uh, had to be carried out of my office and out of the building uh, because he was not happy that uh, a chomo, as he said, was running the company. Uh, oh, so, he must have been in prison then, I guess, in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, we had hired him straight out of prison. So. That Well, he's still, yeah, that term. Yeah, you know, I unfortunately remember that. Yeah, so 
you know, uh, part at past that, um, I haven't had a lot of like vindictive or, or mean or harsh blowups. Uh, but like most recently I have a, a group of friends that we, we get together once a month to play D and D. Um, we all know each other. Um, most of us have known each other from, uh, high school, uh, and one person in our group, he didn't know. Uh, and I, I told him and ever since, you know, I've been getting some, some jabs here and there, uh, from him where he says things that are a little underhanded, uh, uh, and so it's it's stuff like that that gets to me. I would rather have someone come up to me and say, you know what, I don't like you because you're a sex offender. I don't want to talk to you. I would like that. It's the it's the underhanded and uh, cowardly actions of folks that don't like you, but they're not man enough to say it, or or worse, they're just not willing to ask questions i think um, a lot of people i think a lot of people might be like i don't like you but i don't know why like exactly. i think some people are afraid of what other people will think of them for for still talking to you right um and that's you know i i had to uh, my friend who has known i've been on the registry for a long time i i'd apologize to him uh for for telling this new guy about my my past and it was it was heartwarming because he he said don't worry man he's like i'm not ashamed of you i love you and i was like that uh people like that are the people that uh folks on the registry have to have to look for um they are out there uh you know my crime was a crime it was something that i feel remorse for every day and I received punishment and I should have, and I, I believe that it's, it's made me a better person. Uh, I just wish that the scarlet letter could be kind of lifted. Uh, I feel sure. like the punishment is just ongoing. Sure. Uh, Sarah, just a moment ago, you had mentioned that you guys are really private, understandably, uh, but you decided to come on the show on living on the list. Why? Um, it was a big decision for me. I, I don't like to share a lot. I don't even like share well with people I know, but I just feel like it's so important to talk about these things, like to let people realize that just seeing the word sex offender doesn't mean that you went and did something so horribly terrible and you're going to do it again and you liked it and you can't be rehabilitated. Like, I think it's important for people to see that there, there are different situations. And I think it's important to see too, that like people who think like, no, nope, you did something wrong. You need to be punished for the rest of your life. We can't risk you in society to see that. Well, not everybody needs to be punished forever. And some of the punishments that are ongoing and ongoing, they hurt more than just the, in you know, Mitch's case, the 10 year old kid that was being hurt as well. Yeah. It's really tough lately too. the political atmosphere in this country. We're seeing a lot of conspiracy theories about pedophile groups and not to get it totally off track here, but I, it just seems to be getting weirder. 
uh, in the United States uh, with people on the registry and people that they think are pedophiles in the Democratic, you know, whatever party. Do you think it's gotten worse, Mitch, uh, since 20? I think you said you got on the registry at 2011. Do you think things have gotten worse? Um, you know, I, I think that it's, I don't think it's necessarily gotten worse. I think that it's just more visual. Um, you know, grow, I, I was, I was born in the eighties. Uh, so growing up through the, uh, the, the great information age has been wonderful, but, um, we've never had information at the fingertips of everyone like we do now. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, you can't, you can't log into YouTube without seeing a bunch of the, uh, the predator hunter videos and things like that. Um, and I, I think that just the fact that it's, you know, we have a very true crime, uh, addicted populace right now. Um, you look at the murder trials, the, the, uh, Indiana tri trial that's going on right now The you know, uh, you, you go on to like law and crime network and these are like blockbuster documentaries, uh, while they're still happening. So I think that that's just drawn the eye, um, to a lot of, uh, sex offense cases, you know, for instance, uh, the, uh, the McFadden, uh, incident that happened, um, not too, you know, not, not too long ago here now, um, you know, somebody sees a, a tragedy like that, uh, and because he had the word sex offender on him, they think that that's the type of person on the registry. And, and when in all honesty, you know, that's 0.1% of the population of the registry. Yeah. In fact, before we hopped on the call, I'm on Google just searching the sex offender registry in, in news, you know, to see if there's anything new. And all I see, of course, is this person was arrested. This person did this. This person did that. And so, uh, you know, the general public who have not been through any uh, criminal justice system is going to automatically assume that everybody on there is doing something like that. The internet is great. We wouldn't be here right now doing this podcast, but at the same time, it stinks. It sucks because everybody, and not just people on the registry, everybody can be looked up and found out about. I can I can imagine what's going to happen in like 20, 30 years. We're going to have like these uh, you know, these glasses that we'll be wearing and we'll look over, we'll be in the public at the mall or something and we'll see somebody and the glasses will come up. We'll see something in the glasses. It'll say uh, that your name, it'll say if you've been convicted of a crime, how old you are, you know, of the stranger. Uh, Black Mirror, a show on Netflix did a, uh, a episode that was just that exactly. Oh, really? Uh, there was, yeah, there was contact lenses that everyone wore and, uh, yeah, it showed all your information, and and you know, I I feel like yeah, that's exactly where we're going. Or in in all honesty, it's exactly how I feel now. Moving into Wisconsin, where I am, you know, public, I didn't have to like notify the neighbors or anything. But you know, it's just a Google away, and uh, you know, I, I it's it's crazy. Uh, and, and most people these days, you know, you start a job and four or five people around the office are going to Google you just because, you know, they're bored. That's what they do. <laughs> um, I mean, that's nerve wracking. You never know if you're going to go into work one day and Bob over there searched you last night. And what is he thinking? Uh, it's anxiety inducing big time. 
what are your plans for the future? We really would love, we would really love to get Mitch off the registry. He's been working with a lawyer for gosh, I would say probably the last year now, um, who thinks that it's something that could be a possibility, but when it comes down to it, it's going to cost upward of 10 grand just in the legal fees to get it done. And, um, you know, we, we don't have 10 grand. So I feel like right now that's kind of our biggest goal is just trying to grind every day and get the money if we can get it to get them off the registry at this point, even if it's when we're 50 years old and it's too late to have kids just to give him the peace of mind and the freedom of not having that hang around his neck. Mitch, where do you see yourself in like 10 years? Uh, well, like Sarah said, I've been working with an attorney, um, Minnesota, because in order to get removed from Wisconsin, I have to be removed from Minnesota and then they don't have a clause uh, that or a, a way for you to be removed. However, uh, unless your crime was committed when you're a juvenile and, and that fits mine. So uh, there's definitely a path forward, but it's, it's, it's difficult to, after living this long with it, um, it's difficult to see life without it. Yeah. Is it something that if you were to move to a different state, would that change your registry status? So in Wisconsin, if you are on the registry for 15 years, uh, you can petition to be removed. Um, and right now the law is shaky on if that counts for me or not. Um, the, the local, uh, the local sex offender registry uh, individual for the Department of Corrections doesn't know, so she's been trying to figure it out. Um, but I've talked to a couple of different states because my job has had me traveling to different states, and uh, other states have told me actually, you know, if you if you move here and you live here for you know a year and a day or whatever, you can petition to be removed. Um, but those are states that are. Uh, you know, quite far away, um, like yourself in, in, in Washington. And um, I believe California is also one of them. So nobody knows what the hell is going on with these laws. And you just mentioned that person, I think you at the police station or something didn't, didn't know. And this person doesn't know. And there's, there's just nothing written up. You just don't know anything. You can't find certain restrictions, who to, uh, applies to, when can I get this off? You know, just it's it seems to be a complete disaster. Every state is different. And then you've got SORNA, the national thing going on. And it is a very difficult road to navigate. <laughs> so, well, anything else you guys want to uh, say to anyone listening that may be going through the same situation as you guys? The biggest thing I can just say is, for people who are in a relationship like us, it's just so important to be talking about it and be supporting each other because I do find myself getting kind of frustrated or resentful sometimes um, feeling like I'm being punished for something. And that's not Mitch's fault. You know, he never wanted this for me, but it's important to be able to talk about it and get those feelings out so that we don't turn against each other. Cause at the end of the day, 
he's my strongest ally and I'm his. So it's just really important to stay a team. Have you, and then, and I just thought of something when you told me that Sarah, um, have you ever been told like, what are you doing with that guy? He's on the registry. What are you, you thinking? Know, <laughs> you know, I've <laughs> never had that actually happen. Um, like I said, just cause I'm very careful who I tell. Um, but I've had the fight in my head many times because like I expect any day that the neighbors will come over and say exactly that to me. And I fight it out in my head exactly what I would say to them. But um, at the end of the day, it would really just come down to letting people know that you don't know his story. You don't know what he's been through and what he's done. And there's no point in judging me when you wouldn't say to anybody else, you wouldn't judge their relationship the way you would judge mine. You'd say, well, that's their business. That's behind closed doors, but he's on a public registry. So people think our marriage is public. I think sometimes. Ah, Okay. Yeah. It's the, the prejudgment, not knowing the backstory of people in general, not just on the registry, but any, in any case, uh, that is hard. And, you know, there's just always these people that are automatically going to assume things and it happens with me and it happens with you guys and, and almost a million people on the registry. And I think that's, uh, a challenge, but, but stories like your story, getting this on, um, the podcast, you know, living on the list and getting stories out there really does help. And I, I do appreciate you guys coming on. I wish you guys well, it's a tough road, but I, Mitch, I hope you get off the registry, keep working on that. Um, I guess your suggestion for people would be maybe look for an attorney or some kind of advocacy group if they're trying to get off the registry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's exactly what I did. I actually talked to a judge, uh, that I knew through my business, um, and he was able to, uh, give me some pointers on not only getting an attorney, but, um, like what to tell the attorney and, and, and to get the case started. Um, but as far as like telling people on the registry, you know, it's, it's, uh, through the advocacy I do, I see a lot of folks that are fresh, uh, you know, they are either about to go to prison or they just got out of prison and they feel, you know, a cast in C, uh, and I know it's, I know it's tough. Um, so I always tell people that you need to reach out, you know, there's a, there's a Reddit um, for sex offender support. Um, that's huge. I try to reach out to anybody that I see struggling there. The advocacy that I've been doing right now is trying to uh, work with my therapist. Uh, when I went through therapy after jail um, or sex offender treatment, uh, that particular therapist left, started her own practice. So I still go see her and I've been working with her to... Uh, try to figure out some sort of group that we could uh, put into place to talk to people that might be having um, sexual uh, desires or, or ideas of offending and they don't know where to turn. Um, because unfortunately that's, that's a sad thing about our current buildup right now is that a lot of people don't, you know, they have these, these desires or wants, or they're looking at things that they shouldn't be looking at. But they have nowhere to go because they're afraid if they go to someone, 
they're going to be turned in. And yes. Then, yeah. Yes. So. Yes. In fact, that gives me an idea for the other uh, episode. There's a, I don't know the name of it offhand, but there's a, a kind of a group or support group in, I think it's Germany, I want to say, um, that helps people like what you just talked about um, before it happens. But it seems like here in the United States, we kind of, uh, don't do that. And we worry about it after it happens, which sucks, but you guys, thank you so much. We are uh, running out of time. Um, thanks for coming on and telling your story. I really appreciate it. I I'm hoping that more and more people are going to just talk about this and, and hopefully we can find some solutions and I'm sure people listening and people watching on YouTube, you, you have helped them out today. So thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate your time. I'm your host, Matt Duhamel. More information about this podcast can be found at livingonthelist.com. And remember, your future is too important to be held hostage by fear.